of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast will contain descriptions of acts of violence or of a sexual nature and are for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And this is your bonus mini episode for our patron members And I'm Woody Overton, your host. If you're listening to this episode, then you're near and dear to our hearts. Support us through Patreon. We really, really appreciate it. It goes a long way, y'all, to helping us do this and set it up, etc. So, owls and downloads this morning, and we're in 76 countries around the world. And it's all because of y'all liking and sharing and supporting us. And we really, really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Patreon members. You rock. Hey, and don't forget your discount in the merchandise store. Tier 2, I think it's 15%, and Tier 3 is 30%. At that, we're really not making anything on the merchandise. We want y'all to have it, and that's a extra bonus for you, if you will. So check the merchandise out, and we'll continue to add more stuff as we go along. So today, the bonus mini episode is called In the closet. In 2001, I was working as a deputy in the Uniform Patrol Division for the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office. I was on duty one evening. It was the summertime and it was getting close to dark. And I got a 911 call from dispatch saying 259 361. That was my unit number. And 259 is dispatch. It's 259 361 911 call at such and such address. Domestic disturbance and they were going to send an ambulance so i roll over there as fast as i can and they said the suspect was still on the scene so i roll over there as fast as i can and i get there and i see the victim i'll call it tara and her mother was there and the victim had some bruising and a busted lip bruising to the face and a busted lip and they said that the bad guy had already ran off and his name was everett Thornton Jr. And so, you know, I asked her what happened and she said her fiance Everett Thornton Jr. was over there and and he got mad and he beat on her. Um, Well, that was obvious because I could see the marks on her. And she said that it happens from time to time, etc. She wanted to file charges this time. So I had her fill out a statement form and the mother witnessed it also and i had her fill out a witness statement form for both of them 
My partner at the time on the east side of the parish in Livingston Parish working uniform patrol was John T. Wilkerson, and he and I were super, super tight. We had gone to the academy together at LSU, and we both were working for different departments at that time. And then we both transferred to the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office. But he arrives. I'm getting the witness statements, et cetera. And we get a home address for Everett Thornton Jr. Now, the problem with this is, y'all, we had to do something about it because she refused to go to the hospital medical attention wise. And we can't leave her there uh, and not try to go do something about Everett. Because what if he comes back, right, and kills her? We had enough probable cause. Now, probable cause is 50% plus one. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt. It's just probable cause. We had two witnesses making the statements about what happened, one being the victim. We had probable cause to go arrest Everett Thornton Jr. And by the time we wrap up getting the statements, et cetera, it's, it's dark. And we drive way up into the country, which is where his parents residence was and ever was a young guy i guess he was probably maybe 18 or 20 years old maybe a little bit old, i don't know but he he was young he still lived with his parents and we were way in the middle of nowhere no houses around etc and it's this little pull up and it's this little bitty tiny trailer and when i say tiny i mean tiny not a travel trailer but not much bigger the whole thing couldn't have been 50 feet long and 14 feet wide so we pulled up with our lights off and snuck up on the trailer. And then, I mean, hell, we could see in the, the living room. When you get to the front steps, there's the front door. And on the other side of the front door is the living room and kitchen together. And there's a little hallway that goes to the left. And the first door on the left is the bathroom. And the last room on the trailer is the only bedroom on the trailer. So... John T. Actually, when we pulled up, John T. went around to the back door and I went to the front door. And when I'm walking up to the front door and I knock on it, I see this young guy get up and you could hear him running down the trailer. Across the trailer, he runs into the back bedroom, right? So I knock on the door and an older man opened the door and I introduced myself. So I'm Deputy Overton with the sheriff's office. I need to talk to Everett. He said, well, my name's Everett. I said, well, you... Obviously not Everett Jr. And he said, no, I'm Everett Sr. I said, well, I'm here for Everett Jr. And I said, is he here? And he said, no, he's not here. And I said, really? And he said, no, he's not here. And I said, well, then you don't mind if I take a look. And as I walked in past him and got to the back door, I mean, it's small. Two steps and you're across the living room in the kitchen. And I went down the hallway and I opened the back door for John T. And he came in and we entered the bedroom. The bedroom is small. When you walk in, the bed is on the wall facing back towards you. And the only other thing in the room is a small closet to the left-hand side. So we walk in. I'm like, Ever Junior, come out. Put your hands up. We didn't see him. But there was only one place to be, right? Show him a flashlight underneath the bed. He wasn't there. And the closet door was closed. I looked at John T. And he looks at me. I'm like, Everett, come out of the closet. He didn't say anything. So, John T. drew his weapon, and I drew my weapon, because we didn't know if the guy was armed or not, what he had in the closet with him. And I pulled the door open on the closet, and there's this big pile of dirty-ass laundry. And I could see <laughs> I could see this guy's head sticking out of the top. So, he's trying to hide under this big, like a hoarder situation, like with the laundry, like 
every item of clothing they own must have been dirty and in that closet. And I'm like, come out of there. Show me your hands. Show me hands. Show me hands. And he wouldn't do it. I said, come out of there. Show me your hands. And and finally, he stood up and he said, I'm not coming out, bitches. And John T. and I have been working together long enough that we had our own code system. And our code word for a situation like this was blue. When we were going to take somebody down and they weren't armed and we had to use force. I looked at him. He looked at me. And when we say blue, then I'd hit the guy low and John T. would hit him high and we'd take him down. So John T. looks at me and I give him the knob. We holster our weapons and then. He hollers blue. And so there wasn't much room, but I, I nailed the guy as waistline and John C. came in and nailed him across the top. And then the fight was on. So we're fighting in, in this pile of dirty ass laundry in the closet. I'm like, stop resisting, stop resisting. You know, you're under arrest. And we had to, had to spray him uh, with the Freeze Plus P. Now, the Freeze Plus P is the, like mace on steroids. And it's like tear gas and the pepper spray mixed together. The problem is when you spray it in that tight of a confined area, everybody gets the effect of it. So we had ended up getting them down and it takes the freeze plus P a minute to kick in. And then we were able to get them partially in his eyes and we're fighting and rolling around in all the dirty laundry. And I'm breathing in the mace and John T's breathing it in. Finally, we were able to get the cuffs on him and get him out. And Vizimus Miranda writes, and he was under arrest for beating on the victim and now for resisting an officer, 14108 on the Louisiana Revised Statute. And so we take him out, put him in a car in the back of my unit, and he's just raising three kinds of hell and won't shut up and everything. Take By the time we got to the jail, he had started to bang his head against my cage on the car like in between him and i like he was trying to get to me and so i didn't have any other choice going down the highway i took out my freeze plus p and this was a rookie mistake on my part and i sprayed him back through the screen on the car to get him off my cage and he also was hitting the window so i sprayed him again and that was a mistake because then I'm confined in my unit with the spray. I had to actually pull my unit over and stop it, open the door so I could breathe and let it air out a little bit. And then the snot's running out of my nose. I know he finally shut up because he's choking on the freeze plus pee in the back. Finally get him to the jail and book him in for his charges and leave him alone, right? So I think he was locked up for a little while. I don't know how long, but about a month later, I'm on duty again. 259-361-103D-911 call, disturbance in progress, and it's that same address again. So we roll over there as fast as we can, and it's the same situation. We get there. Everett Thornton Jr. is gone. The girl's beat on again. And they give the statements and we had to go secure him. We had to try to get him down again so he couldn't come back again that night and kill her. Right. So John T. and I go back to the same house. We park a little bit away this time. John T. went around to the back door and I went to the front door and I knocked on the door again. And there he goes. No curtains on the windows. I see Everett Thornton Jr. running back to the back of the trailer running they got me and i hear the door shut to the closet in the back i'm like 
this stupid son of a bitch. And I'm knocking on the door and I said, Mr. Everett, you need to let me in. I said, I'm not going away. I just saw him. I said, if you don't open this door, I'm going to kick it in. This is what we call hot pursuit. I saw him and I have a probable cause for his arrest. I said, I'm going to kick in your door. So Everett Thornton Sr. opened the door. I said, Mr. Everett, tell Everett Jr. to come out of here. He said, he's not here. I said, God damn it. I said, I just saw him. He said, he's not here. I'm telling you, he's not here. I said, well, then you don't mind if I come in. And again, I pushed past him and get back to the back door. I let John T. in. We go back into the same little bitty bedroom. And guess what? The closet door is closed. And again, drew weapons. Said, Everett, come out with your hands up. Come out with your hands up. And he said, Fuck you. You're going to have to shoot me, you motherfuckers. I'm not coming out. He said, I have a gun. I have a gun. I said, I'm going to open his door. If you got a gun, you're going to be dead. And we did the same thing, pulled the door open. He's buried halfway underneath this shitty pile of clothes, and he refused to come out. So we had to physically put hands on him again and fight him again. This time I didn't spray him in there. We just drug him out, skull drug him out, if you will tussled a little bit and had to use some defensive tactics or what they're called soft empty hand control if you will to affect the arrest and put him under arrest advise him of his Miranda rights dragging him out on the way out the door I told John T I said uh, arrest him too and so we arrested his father for obstruction for lying and we're bringing him in. John T's bringing the dad in. I'm bringing Junior in. And he starts hitting my window and everything again. So this time I pulled over. I said, John T, pull over behind me. I pulled over on the side of the road. I took Everett Junior out of the car. He's screaming and hollering, cursing, calling me everything but a child of God. So I took him out of the car this time and I sprayed him. <laughs> and then I put him back in the car because right I learned, I'm pretty smart. I learned my lesson. Don't spray your spray inside the car with the windows rolled up. In the summertime at that. So I sprayed him to shut him up and stop him from doing damage to the vehicle and stuck him back in the car and get him to the jail. Process him in, book him. This time, I think he did like three or four months and he made trusty and stuff like that. And I would see him when I'd come and get my unit washed or I'd come and bring somebody to book him in jail. And hell, he was fine. On those, hey, Mr. Woody, how you doing? I'm like, hey, Everett, what's going on, etc. So months go by, and I'm on duty again, and it's 259-361-911 disturbance, 103D in progress, suspects on scene, and gave the address. And sure enough, it was Everett Jr. again. We arrive. He's gone. She's beat. We get the witness statements. We go back, and I swear to you, you wouldn't believe it. We go we back up in the country to his parents' residence, same drill, parked down the road, and this is in the middle of nowhere. Y'all no houses or anything. And we sneak up to the house. John T. goes to the back door, go to the front, and knock on the door. There goes Everett running across the trailer. Back to the back, and I hear the door close on the closet. It was a sliding door. I hear the door close on the closet. And knock on the door, and I said, Dad, I said, Mr. Everett, we're here to get him, and he's coming one way or another. I said, you can open this door. I'm going to kick it in. It's hot pursuit. And he came to the door. I said, is he here? And he looked at me, and I guess he learned his lesson from when we arrested him last time for lying, because I should have arrested him the first time for lying also. But the second time, we brought the dad and booked him in. 
or obstruction. And this time he just stood, <laughs> he took a step back and got out of my way. We go back to the same room and I let John T in and it's the same deal. Everett come out of the closet. Fuck you. I'm not coming out of the closet. You're going to have to shoot me, et cetera, et cetera. So I told John T, I said, just hold on. Took my freeze out and it had the sliding closet door, y'all. So I just cracked that closet door. I could see the pile of clothes and I could see his head sticking up. And I took my freeze plus plea. I said, Everett, if you don't come out, I'm going to spray you. He said, you fucking spray me. I don't give a fuck. I said, all right. So I just about emptied the whole can of freeze plus p and then i slammed the closet door shut now he's in like a two foot by three foot enclosed area with all those clothes and there's much oxygen in there and i told you the freeze plus p is bad stuff y'all when you get sprayed with it it hits you and like i said it starts burning immediately but it takes like probably 45 seconds and then your eyes involuntarily shut you can't you cannot open you physically cannot open and they're burning so bad and then it makes you feel like you can't breathe because of the the spray in your throat etc it's like it looks like you're choking to death and it's bad enough if you do it out in an open area but if you get somebody and i got him this time because i right when i when i was doing it i pulled this some clothes down and i just dumped the can on him and it's also has a dye in it so it's orange and it, it sticks on you if, if you put an ultraviolet light on it afterwards, like days afterwards, your, your face will light up blue. But I just doused him. And you know, I was tired of fighting that dirty ass laundry, which I can assure you was the same dirty ass laundry from six months ago from the first time. And it stunk. So I just, just juiced him, gave him the whole can just about and closed the door. And then John T and I stepped out into the hallway and waited. And it took about, two minutes and I hear him coughing and then three minutes he's gagging and four minutes he's like ah and then five minutes he came to the bedroom door he came out he didn't have any weapons in his hands he came out and he turned around he put his hands behind his back and of course he had snot slinging out of his face and he couldn't see so we put him under arrest uh, placed him in handcuffs and I took him and put him in my car on the way to jail and he said when he, when he could talk again, he said, Mr. Woody, he said, I am never going to fuck with you again. He, he said, and I'm not going to go hide in the closet again. He said, I swear I learned my lesson. So I just want to tell you all that story. It's a funny one from Uniform Patrol and sometimes how dumb criminals can be. I mean, you hide in the same closet three separate times. and You know, I saw you each time and that's your mini episode this month i'm gonna try to keep those a little bit lighter and tell stories from uniform patrol that are funny but i did have a chance to go back to the same trailer again years later when i was a detective with the sheriff's office and i got a call of a 10-7 there a dead body and went in everett thornton senior the old man that we locked up the second time he was dead in that bedroom closet was open i swear to you the same dirty-ass pile of clothes were there, but it ended up being an overdose is what it was. Then the coroner came out, and we worked, and they draw urine sample. They, they take a long needle, and they stick it into where the bladder is and draw it and run a preliminary drug screen there on it, and he had whatever in his system. So I think he died in his sleep, uh, accidental overdose or whatever. 
Everett went on to become a good career criminal. I mean, I, he just couldn't stop beating on women. And the last time I heard about him, he was doing like, I don't know, a year for violating his probation on the other beatings. And he had escaped from a work detail at another parish, parish prison. He just walked off the job. And that was the last I heard of him. But thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed it. Patreon members would love you. Like I said, if you're listening to this, you're number one fans and number ones in, in our hearts. And I appreciate you. And we appreciate everything you've done for us. We appreciate you listening and liking and sharing. And I'm Woody Overton, your host and patron members next week. You will get tier three and above. You'll get a full bonus episode where I'm going to tell about another murder that I worked. So that'll probably be Wednesday during the middle of the week. But we appreciate you and thank you for taking the time to listen. It means a lot and hope you enjoyed it. Thanks. Bye.